The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Man, I'm tired. We've been in these woods for hours. Yeah, me too. Let's take a break. What's that you're drinking? Oh, it's a new energy drink called Beta. It's by the Dino Climbing Company. It's great for mental clarity, focus, and really good for extended energy without the jittery feeling. Here, try some. Wow, this is really good. Where can I get some? Just go to www.thedinocompany.com. They have two great flavors, Bigfoot Berry and Pina Colada. And don't forget to use code BIGFOOT10 at checkout for 10% off and free delivery. Thanks, I will. What was that? I don't know. Let's go find out. Dino Beta. To fuel every adventure. just sitting in the living room. It came to the window. I'm sitting there. I go, oh my goodness. It was a Bigfoot. You could see his outline in his body. It was just surreal. He was looking in the window and he would pan his head right or left. He's taller than the window, and he's, like, crouched down, bending his head to see in the window. You're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Todd and Brian. If you've had an encounter and want to be on the show, email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Todd. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Brian. Our guest tonight, we got a couple guests tonight um, talking at the same time with us here. Uh, we got Robin and Pat coming on. Brian, husband and wife. I believe so, yes. And um, I think they're in South Carolina right now, but they had some other stuff yeah. going on in Michigan, too. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's all, what they said. All different kind of things, ranging from maybe Bigfoot to alien. I, I'm not sure, but um, I know I can't wait to hear it. this. Uh, could be a very interesting and good yeah, episode. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk to them. Here we go. Ready? Yeah, let's get them. Pat, Robin, thanks for coming on the show. No sure, problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for making the time. I know it was yeah. short notice. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Where are you guys at right now? South Carolina. Okay. And moving back to Michigan. Living on the sun. Terrible. Yeah, Yeah, I bet it's a little warm down there. You know, the foots are, we have just as much activity with the Bigfoot and the dogmen. It's just not an enjoyable place to live. They're fine. I have no issues with the cryptids here. Um, The ETs are a little bit problematic now and then, but other than that, it's not too bad. But it's just, I'm so much happier in South Pat in Michigan. Yeah, exactly. 
little quieter well, up here. Yeah, but the thing of it is here, there is so darn many um, snakes. Like, you go out in the woods and you can't go two inches without a copperhead or a rattlesnake. And it's just like, who wants to deal with it? You know, and it's 104 every day and you have 100%. It's miserable. Like, nobody should be here. Like living in an easy wow. bay oven. Yeah. So did you guys start off in Michigan, though? Is that where you're from originally then? I am. Pat isn't. Okay, I'm sorry, Pat. We talked earlier. You are from where we're from, this area right here, yeah, South Indiana. Bend. Yeah, so Notre Dame. I, yeah, I met Pat because oh, I work with a lot of people all over the globe, and someone that I worked with <laughs> and was helping was out of Indiana, and he said, "There's this really great guy in Indiana. He's having all kinds of experiences, but he really needs to talk to somebody and just download, you know, so that he knows he's not crazy." And I said, okay, give him my number. So we talked for like two years. And he came to visit me, and we've been together ever since. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I drug his little butt down all the biggest rabbit hole of his life. <laughs> yeah, you got that I, right. Nice. I don't think when he met me and got with me, he had any clue how deep this stuff goes. Nick, it's, it's wild. It's been a wild ride, I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. We're finding that out, too. We've been messaging each other on online, and um, you guys apparently have had a lot going on, and a lot of things happen. So yeah. why don't you just start from the beginning and uh, tell us what you had going on? Um, for me, it started when I was a toddler. By the time I was four, I had my first ET abduction. Um, prior to the ET abduction, I had already been introduced to the Bigfoot and the Dogmen and the Mind Speak, and so it's just been a progression my whole life. Do you remember the abduction? Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember being on the ship. I remember them talking to me. I remember them. I remember everything that was in the room, um, the diagrams on the walls. I remember looking through a doorway and seeing what looked like a CAT scan machine. But back then, we didn't have CAT scan machines. <laughs> they did. We didn't. Um, and there we had a man with blonde hair that was laying on the table, motionless on it. And they talked to me. There was. Um, small grays that were talking to me at first and the ones that were working the CAT scan machine with the gentleman were tall grays. And there was another short gray in with there. When you say they were talking to you, physically talking to you or? Mind speaks. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've had that done by Nordics. I've had it done by various races that I don't even know what they are. Yeah. That's the universal communication. Yeah, it Over is. Around. Robin, how long yep. were you gone during this abduction? Do you know? When I was four, I have no idea. I really don't. Um, I just remember thinking at first it was a dream and then realizing it wasn't a dream. But I was a little kid, and I have to think that it wasn't the first time they took me. Number one, they said they had taken me before, but I wasn't frightened. And, in fact, I was mad. I was like, when my mom finds out that I'm not at home and in my bed, you are in I so like much that. trouble. Yeah, I was <laughs> telling them off, you know, typical me. I was telling yeah. them off. And mm. they just basically, you know, laughed at me and said, well, it's fine, you know, and they put me back. But this last time, I think, was a little bit more traumatic for me. I mean, I've had the missing time. I've been on the phone with other researchers when ships have landed in my yard. And then, you know, like an hour and 45 minutes later, I'm back and, and nobody knows what happened. And I never did find out what happened with that. But this last time, I don't know what they did to me. I don't remember that part. And it took a long time for me to, not really a long time, but 
um, a flashback of them even being in my room. But for whatever reason, I don't feel fear. I don't know what they did, so I'm not fearful of it. But for like a week and a half afterward, um, I didn't want to go to sleep. I would not even so much as take a Tylenol. And because I was afraid it would knock me out, you know, and again, not fearful, just major anxiety, like panic attack type stuff. Then I was allowed to have some memories of it. And I just remember two at the end of my bed, one coming out from our ensuite bathroom and trying to show me what looked like giant black holes on the floor, like it waved its arm and it these things just appeared on the floor. I didn't feel like they were trying to hurt me. Um, I, I don't know what they did. But it was very bizarre because my cell phones were damaged and my clothes were on inside out. My pajama bottoms were on inside out. And then I had the telltale triangular marks on me. Hmm. So it was, yeah, I don't know what went on. <laughs> I don't remember all of them. It's, it's gone on throughout my life. So I don't remember every, every single time. Parts of it I get, you know, the ones where they're really trying to physically hurt me, I remember very well. <laughs> you know, I, I remember as I was starting to panic because I couldn't move. I'm claustrophobic on a good day and I couldn't move. I couldn't yell. And I remember thinking to myself when this was happening and I was starting to panic, you know, okay, you dumb idiot. You teach people how to protect themselves from this stuff every day. Practice what you preach. You know, you have to take yourself out of the situation mentally and then you have to do the energy work. And that's what I did. And that's what got rid of them. Do you remember anything else that the aliens' mind spoke to you? Do you remember what else they said to you? Yeah, they think I have information. Um, it, it's And Pat spoke with them as well. Pat is one of the best telepathic people I know. There's him and one other person that we work with, kind of like as a team on a lot of this cryptid stuff. And both her and Pat are two of the best I've ever worked with as far as the telepathic communication. And we verify a lot with each other. And so he's talked to them as well. And they are hell-bent. I have information. And I probably do. According to the Bigfoots, I have it. But I haven't act. I don't know how to access it. So <laughs> I'm really not helping him much because I don't know how to access it. It's in there. What Pat and I both have learned is when the time comes to use it, all of a sudden you can access anything. But if it's not the right time, you can forget it. You're never getting it. Interesting. What what else have you had go on? Tell us about a Bigfoot encounter that you've that either one of you had. Pat, why don't you go first? I'm just sitting in the living room, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there watching TV, and then my eyes they they came to the window. I'm sitting there. I go, oh my goodness! It was a Bigfoot. He was a see through Bigfoot. I could see right through him, and but then you could see his outline of his body and stuff. It was just kind of surreal. He was looking in the window, and he would pan his head right or left. Kind of, it was a youngster because if it, if it was an adult, they they would be almost up to the roof, out to the uh, soffit outside. How long did he stand there, Pat? Uh, maybe a minute. We're laying in bed sound asleep at 2.30 in the morning, and I wake up, and I look over to the window, and the top of our window is like 10 foot off the ground, sitting there, with, and he's taller than the window, and he's like crouched down, bending his head to see in the window. And I look over, and he's just like smiling at us. Does we get a lot of window peekers here, lots of window peekers. Wow. 
like I said, everything that goes on here is not anything that has not gone on. He um, says he didn't want he didn't want me to see him. I know, and I don't understand. I mean, they were, he was staring at us for God knows how long. He's not yet. He's let us see him a million times. I don't understand what the concern is. He's been around me, I think, probably for multiple years. And we have right now currently three clans that visit our property. He's part of a fourth group that, you know, followed us here. They can follow you anywhere. They really do. And Follow you to work? Yeah, Pat will go to work. (laughs) He'll go to work and he'll walk outside and he'll see one standing there staring at him. I don't have anything better to do. I mean, <laughs> I know. Like solve the world's problems or do yeah, something. Okay. Just do it. All right. Well, Robin, tell us about one of your experiences. Um, You know, when I was living in Michigan, and I don't do it here because of the snakes. That's the only reason I don't. They would come up every night at 2 o'clock and they would tap on my window and they would wait for me. And I would go outside and I'd sit with them. I would either sit near my porch and they would come out of the the tree line in in flesh and blood. They wouldn't be, you know, quote, or I would go out just inside the woods and I'd sit on a log and they would walk around me and they would talk in their language. Um, Some mind speak. It was pretty cool. Like I did that for several years and I enjoyed it. I really liked it. I mean, back then I didn't know Bigfoot people then. I did everything by myself from the time I was little, all my interactions with them and the dogmen and the ETs, it was all by myself because I didn't know who to go to. Um, I did meet someone that was tremendous in helping me by the name of Bob Daigle, and he's out of Michigan, and he owns and runs Michigan Bigfoot, and he met Igor Borstep, and when he met Igor, he called me and asked me if he could share my case with Igor, so I said, yeah, that was fine. And that's what we did. And then Igor asked me if he could come and visit. So he came to visit. He was supposed to stay three or four hours, and he stayed 10 days instead before he went back to Russia. And then he invited me to speak at his conference in Siberia. (laughs) Wow. It was fun. We had a really good time. The people there were tremendous. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But the activity that went on was just incredible. And this was a daily thing. It was a nightly thing. It was friends saw them, family saw them, my kids saw them. When we moved to South Carolina, I was really fearful that that was going to stop. The only thing that has changed here, the Michigan ones are much more hands-on, literally. Now, the ones here will exchange gifts with you, but they don't take them as well as the ones in Michigan. But again, that depends on the clan. People seem to think that it's just a straight thing across the board. It isn't each clan. You know, there's an overall set of laws for the for them, and then they get tweaked by each individual clans. And some of the clans don't tolerate the gift exchange where others are more comfortable with it. That You know, the ones in Michigan would come out of the woods and come. I had one get like within 10 feet of me. And then I watched him cloak after a few minutes of staring at him. I got a question for you. Obviously, Robin, you've seen several Bigfoot. You've seen some up close. Combining all the ones you've seen together, what's your best overall description of what a Bigfoot looks like in the face? Well, to begin with, and, and I will answer that, but I, I wanted you to know that everyone is different. There are no two alike. Okay, these are human hybrids. They truly are. And I knew that before the Ketchum study came out. Um, I did help with the Ketchum study. 
but I came in at the end of that study. But she was absolutely right. They are a human hybrid, but they are all different. You have some that are completely hairy on the face, long hair, short hair, skin color variations. You know, um, I just got done filming a documentary in Michigan, and one that I saw there was I was through the night vision, but my night vision is you can see details, you can see them breathing in and out, you know, so they're all very different. They, they typically have the flattened nose. So you have people have to really open their minds when they see them. The only ones that I will tell you, like the gugly, which are deadly, they literally are killing machines. That's what they are. They look like a Bigfoot, but instead of a normal face, it looks like um, an actual baboon. It has that squared off protruding nose. Now, you do have some Bigfoot that they call the teddy bear faces or whatever. My personal opinion is they are, and I have a picture of one that is a cross between a dog man and uh, Bigfoot. And she had a little bit of a snout. A gugwee's different. It literally, if you go on the internet and look at the face of a baboon, that's exactly what you're going to see on these. And they take no prisoners. There's no niceties. It's, I see you, I will kill you, I will shred you. They're that, that bad. Is that the kind that people describe as a devil monkey? No, that's actually a little bit different. There's a lot of really crazy stuff out there. People don't have any idea how bad this stuff is that's out there. You have things that are generated by the government. You know, so there's a lot going on. There's different types of the dogmen, some that the Native Americans claim, you know, that they've had. And it's just a lot out there. Yeah, I fight that battle of trying to figure out where these things come from. Are they mm-hmm. are they created by the government? Uh, were they, have they naturally naturally always been here? Or, yeah, you and I got to talk. Are aliens actually <laughs> dropping these things off? Did they drop yeah. us off here? I mean, you know, where yeah. are these things coming right. from? Um, Why, what is going if, on here, you know? Well, as far as the ETs with us, obviously we're not created by the ETs, but there's been, um, they've done a lot of hybridization so to speak. You know, I mean, ETs did not create us, no, but there's been a lot of hybridization. So you've got a lot of fractions. Unfortunately, there's not like one answer for all the questions because it's, there's so much and so many different things that come into factor with these things that there just isn't one answer for any question anymore. When do you think, um, either one of you, when do you think, if at all, that we're going to, the world's going to announce the existence of Bigfoot scientifically? I don't think, uh, I don't, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, I don't think the world's, I don't think everybody's ready. I don't think They're so. Not. I no. agree. I have to agree. I've said that I mean, time. everybody's still, still on this, a lot of people are in the 30-year mortgage mentality. <laughs> and I work, I, I'll go home, eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work. And that's basically what it is. And this stuff will just, people will just like, it'll blow people's minds. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that people are used to living in their little box. Right. They really are. And I, we have been taught and groomed to believe that what is inside the box and the confines of what we have been told is reality is really what is. And unfortunately, the world that we've been taught doesn't exist. It never did. And I think that's a very large part of it. And so when they get information that's outside that box, even if they say it doesn't scare them, I don't believe that. I think it does. 
and they can't comprehend what they don't understand. You know, again, they're a human hybrid. Um, the DNA study that was done says that what they told me, and this is not what is written in the study, this has nothing to do with the Ketchum study, but what they told me is they were human like us, and then they pointed to the sky and said, and star people. And Say that again? They, they pointed to the sky and what? And said they were human like us, then they pointed upwards and said, and star people. I believe that to be 100% true. I, number one, I think that they would know what they are. And Pat and I confirmed that with several different various clans, you know, Bigfoot, all of it. But also anybody that's been around them for any length of time and has really done their work and listened to what's going on, the paranormal abilities that these guys have is just uncanny. Like Pat and I have seen things that nobody will ever believe in a lifetime. And we've had people over at the house that have witnessed. And that's the thing. How do you say something isn't true when you're not the only one? that has seen it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like the cloaking. I can remember years ago, cloaking was the big thing. You couldn't get anybody to believe in the cloaking. And then I had people over and I don't let a lot of people over just because it's not safe. And, but the people that I trust that were there saw them cloak. And I was like, all right, I can't pretend it doesn't exist. I mean, I was, I started out like everybody else did. I'm a big animal lover. And I was like, Oh, look at they're covered in hair. They're an animal that lives out in the woods. This is wonderful. And the reality set in that they have their own language. They can speak our language. They have laws, you know, all of these things. And you have to look at it and say, if it walks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's a duck. So, you know, they use fire. People don't believe in that either. That's a big stretch for everybody, I guess. But it's the truth. Not all clans will use fire. Some go like you would expect for an Amish family or whatever, how, you know, not all of them will use electricity or vehicles or whatever. So each clan is different and they, they run it differently. There is an overall basis of laws, obviously, you know, it's like stick structures. I've had people say, oh, they're just, you know, something they do to be decorative. No, it doesn't. I mean, they look real cute. And I love structures. I've got over 14,000 pictures of structures, but they're a form of communication. They don't do anything without a purpose. Can you, uh, a lot of people talk about lights and orbs around, around seeing them around Bigfoot, around times of Bigfoot. Can you explain that correlation? Is there one or is that something different? Okay. The orbs are an energy base. Everything on the planet and out in the galaxies are energy based. Um, these orbs are energy based beings. I have countless people that I work with that have seen them and I have seen it myself. Um, multiple yeah. people have just seen them. I, I had one that I was out in a, tr in a truck one night and my friend Lauren and I had gone out in the woods and we were just watching to see what was going on. And we had this huge light blue one that was the size of a tractor tire darting around the woods and it came down through the woods and went off to the side of the truck about 50 feet. And then it just, as fast as it could, it charged the truck. And then when it got to the door, it dissipated and it was gone. But yeah, people are going to see them as long as they're around any of these cryptids, they're going to see them. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, you were talking earlier about how the world really is, both of you. Um, you know, I was just saying the other day, it's like people don't realize the world's not what they were, were brought up, taught. Exactly. I mean, I realized that, uh, you know, and you go back and you you hear the fairy tales of the werewolves and 
and you know the mm-hmm. monsters and whatnot, but they're really not. Maybe they're not fairy tales, you know. Um, no, they're not. They're not. Something that tried to get it's suppressed so, uh, and called a fairy tale, but it's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We have to understand that these are all individuals. Could you guys give us your thoughts on either the Wendigo or Skinwalker? I, you know, what I've heard is basically it's a uh, shape-shifting Indian. They shape-shift into uh, the skinwalker in any form. They can take a form of a, you know, raccoon, a a wolf. Yeah, the only time I've had it, I've never really encountered a lot of them. The shape-shifters, yeah, because all these cryptids shape-shift. We had security cameras in the front and the back of the property, and... We used to, I did it because I wanted to see the deer at night. It had nothing to do with the Bigfoot. Um, so I'm not sure as far as like the shapeshifters. I think that's different than a skinwalker. I don't do a lot of work with the, the skinwalkers. I think, you know, I have to agree with Pat on what we've heard as far as that goes. I think that some of them, I'm not going to say they're demonic because there's a big difference between bad, evil, and demonic. They're not the same. But I think they're definitely darker energy. Anytime you see anything like that, it comes with the dark energy, and that's never good. The Wendigo, that's just one more of these cryptids that are out there. You know, I, I think I know of somebody that's dealing with the Wendigo right now, and so far, thank God, he's been safe. But it's definitely not something that I think anybody would want to deal with. You know, I mean, you're talking these are a dark entity creature or being. And when I say dark entity, because I do the energy work, you have your good energy and your dark energy. These are all dark energy beings. Now, I work with a lot of people that are dealing with dark energy beings, and I help them get rid of them. You know, so it's one of those things where you don't want to go out there, you know, like doing the, hey, kitty, kitty, you know, (laughs) because they're so bad. Um, When it comes to the Bigfoot, we've been fortunate that most of the encounters we have here at the house have all been good. I have been called out to areas in other states where they have not been good and had to help with that. And then I remotely help different people that have the bad ones as well. That kind of leads into my next question. Do you do Bigfoot abduct people or children? Yes. Yes. For what reason? Um, the, their thing is, you know, when we say that we're protective as parents and when they say that it's altogether different. A Bigfoot is so much more maternal than we are, and they love deeper than we do, okay? When they love you and they project that emotion of which they can project emotions on you, that's why you have people that are in the woods and all of a sudden they feel fear. It's called the wall of fear. It's because they something is projecting that emotion on them to make them fearful so they leave. It's a way to get them out. And so when they love something, it's a much deeper love than we can even hope to understand. Like, literally, it will make you cry. And when they do what what I call the love bubble, it's like they push this love on you. And it's so much deeper than us, you can't comprehend it. So when it comes to their children, it's even more so. And you have various reasons that they do it. They don't do it always to be aggressive. We let our kids go out in the yard. And we're in the house, but we know our kids are in the yard. So we assume that they're safe. To a Bigfoot, a child out in the yard by themselves is a child without a clan. And so in their world and in their mind, they are going to take that child because it's without a clan and they will try to raise it as their own. 
which in some cases works, but in most it doesn't because our people are not used to being out in the elements. They are not used to being without clothing, and so they end up dying of the elements. Okay. Other times you have females that have lost a child and are grieving. And then the third set of reasons why they do it is in our culture with our people in our race, you have pedophiles, you have murderers, you have psychopaths. These are a human hybrid. They have the same problems with their people that we do. So you have pedophiles, you have rapists, you have murderers, you have all of these things. So just like our children get abducted by our people, sometimes their people will abduct our children for the same reasons. Back in Native American times, depending on the tribe, they would, you know, in the areas, most of the time they got along quite well with Native Americans and they would exchange. I'm sorry, guys, the bugs and the gnats are bugging me. I came on the porch so that you guys wouldn't hear an echo with Pat and I in the same house and I'm being attacked. You can probably go Um, in. We probably wouldn't hear anything. You can try it. Well, when I tried it one other time, it didn't work. (laughs) So, um, So they got along very well with Native Americans and First Nation tribes. But there were a few that they didn't, and they would actually steal each other's children. You know, so, but yeah, they will. I'm not going to say that they won't. I've been very fortunate, um, but I was very careful with my kids. And if I went out in the woods and I took my children, there was an adult in the front, the children were in the middle, and I was at the back. The other thing that people should be aware of is they can imitate any voice and any sound that they wish. And there were multiple times that my kids or my ex-husband, when we were together, heard my voice talking out in the woods, and it wasn't me. I wasn't even outside at the time. And so we learned quite early on that they can, not only can they imitate regular noises, they can imitate your voice to perfection. So what I did with my kids was, if mom calls you out in the woods, or if I call you and tell you to do anything, if you don't physically see me, you don't come. You're not going to get grounded. You're not going to be in trouble. But if you don't physically see me, then you don't respond to it. Pat and I, we have dogs. Like I said, we have 15. And we had let some out to go to the bathroom and we were bringing them in. And they literally went running to the fence. And when they ran to the fence, we are part of our backyard's fenced in. This white Bigfoot was standing by the fence and she ran to the back of the property. Yeah, she ran to the back of the property. And I said to Pat, I said, my God, one just ran to the back. So he looked off to the side and he saw another one that was black and it was peeking out from behind the tree. And I looked over in another area and there was what I thought at first was a large black dog. And what it was, it was a youngster on all fours. Cause yeah, it eventually, yeah, it, that. remember that? And they all walked back there. Yeah, yep. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Most of the, any given day yeah. we have pictures. In fact, I got to send you guys pictures. Um, we have pictures of the foot, yeah. obviously. Pictures of cat people, pictures of ETs, pictures. We have a tremendous one that my son-in-law took of the UFO that was over. We get UFOs almost three or four times a week, but this one was really incredible, and he got a great photo. I have a picture of a UFO with a portal open under it and a head sticking out. Okay. <laughs> yes, we definitely want to what? see those. Yeah, I'll send them over when we get done tonight. I mean, there's okay. just some crazy stuff that goes on. Um, yeah. Is, is that That's why awesome. you're moving back to Michigan? No, because it, it was worse than Michigan. I was just going to say, they won't they just follow you back there. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan was even crazier. So this is the calm. Okay. This is the calm. Calm before the storm? Yeah. When my son-in-law came to stay with us, he the night he, he got here, he's like, 
I'm driving down the road and this Bigfoot just stepped out from behind a tree to let me see it. And then it goes back in. I'm like, welcome home. You know? <laughs> I used to work for a sandwich company. They used to let me bring the truck <laughs> home. So I'd leave like at 2.33 in the morning and I'd go off to one of the military bases. And then we got a dirt road and it kind of, it curves a lot. And then I got on a curve <laughs> and then... What happened was a Bigfoot jumped off the top of the truck. I saw him. So what happened, I think, was he didn't time it right. He didn't cloak fast enough. And what he did was he jumped down. I saw his both his arms. <laughs> and then he disappeared. So he didn't he didn't time it right. And I ended up seeing him jump off the truck. Yeah. Pretty wild. Well, you know, the whole truck was filled with sandwiches. I kept telling Pat, you're going to go out there one day and you're going to have the whole truck empty. So you expect a lot of things to go on when you get back to Michigan, obviously. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I was just in Michigan for three weeks and I was filming a documentary with Jason Kenzie and some other people that were in the, the film. They were really great people. He's got some wonderful interviews in there. And we had activity when I was there. And then a friend of mine and I went out in the woods one day and that was great. And then we had a little bit of activity there. And then I had ET activity when I was at my son's house. So yeah, and nothing's going to change. <laughs> I'm just no, telling you. No, I mean, the activity here is about half of what I had in Michigan. You know, I was really concerned I wouldn't have any activity when I got here. And that was a joke because it just picked up where it left off. You guys move into like northern, middle, southern Michigan? Um, it's going to be, ha- well, we're looking at the middle of the mitten to three quarters of the way up. I have a mom in Traverse City and I have kids that are down all the way through to Edmore. So I want to be right in the middle of all of that so I can get to everybody and the grandkids. Yeah, that's a pretty um, wooded area. <laughs> when you get back yeah, up we there, li- sure I lived let us the- know so we can come and visit. Oh, definitely. I lived in the Manistee National Forest and... Okay. That was incredible. It was yeah. just incredible. You know, Brian and I, we kind of dislike the fact that we live in northern Indiana for a lot of reasons. But I guess the one reason would be, you know, we don't feel like we're close enough. We want to get to the Pacific Northwest or the Florida Skunk Ape. But we keep they're, forgetting they're, that they're all over Michigan's the right, just right north of us. And there's but you a know lot what? of stuff going I, on in Michigan. Indiana's they're, got some really, yeah. really nice ones, I think. <laughs> I some guy that he used to he used to live in St. Patrick's Park. He had a house out there, way back in the woods. He said he saw footprints out there. Okay, Pat had a lot of experience so, in Indiana. In that area where where the pit is, there's a ton of them in there. See, when I was in Michigan, they didn't care. They walked around my property like all day, all night. There's somebody out there, and I would put my bed by the window so I could look out the window at night. And I didn't have a screen on it, but I would open it about six inches wide because it was be cooler. And they would play with my hair all night. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have mud and leaves and everything in my hair. And I put an air conditioner in one year and I put it in that window because it got really hot. I woke up in the morning and I don't know how they did it, but I woke up in the morning and the air conditioner was out in the middle of the woods mangled. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, they they did not they like it. They like it. They don't do well when they can't see me. Like, I don't have, of course, I live back in the woods, but I don't have curtains on my bedroom windows. 
and it's not that I'm a flasher or anything, is that they get really mad. Like they pound on the walls and they scream and they carry on because they can't see me. Knocking the doors here. Yeah. We had Knock one on that came um Robin was trying to talk to him. I kinda ruined it, but uh he come up and he would he knock on the window. So like so one night I heard this and he keep knocking and knocking. I said, you know, and then I said to myself in my mind, I said, well, could you please uh, kind of knock it on the window? Yeah, and then and he quit. He oh, took I was so mad. And he quit. Yeah, I'm used <laughs> to that kind of interaction because before Pat and I got together, I had that interaction. I was outside every night with them. They would walk around my yard. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I'm I just so used to it. It doesn't phase me. Well, like next door, the neighbors, they, you know, they they saw a Bigfoot. She's just the sweetest woman ever. And so I sat her down one day and I said, you probably won't want to talk to me anymore. You'll think I'm nuts, but this is what's going to happen. It's not if it will, it's going to happen. And like within six months, her grandson came over and said, Miss Robin, Miss Robin, we, you know, grandma needs to talk to you. And I said, okay, are you all right? And he said, I saw one of your buddies. It walked right through your backyard. It looked like this huge gorilla guy walking through your yard. And he said, then my uncle was in the backyard and one was in front of him. And so I went over there and I said, are you all right? And she said, oh, dear, I'm fine. She said, but, you know, my son was out back and he was throwing brush into the woods and he heard a growl and he looked up in this thing. And this is he's a big guy. And he said this thing was there, black, all covered in hair. And was standing there towering above him and made a growling noise, which even when they say hi, it can sound like that. It doesn't mean it's ill-intended. And so I said to him, I said, you know, did it go on all fours and take off or on two legs? Because they can do both. And I was just curious. And he said, that's the weird thing. He said, I don't understand it. He said, I never saw it leave. The brush never moved. Nothing happened. It, yeah. He just wasn't there anymore. And I said, because he closed. He never left. He was standing right there. And he's like, I'm so glad I didn't know that. But he went in the house and told his mom, he said, I want the gun. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. And she said, for what? And he said, there's this thing out there. And she said, wait, Robin said, no guns, no matter what, no guns. We don't want that fight, you know. Well, I got a thing where I go out front and I'll sit out front and I'll take pictures. I had, mm -hmm. you know, I'll take, a, I'll take a picture and then I'll I'll see it. I'll look at it really quick. And then you'll see something in there. Then, of course, you'll look and try to correspond it from that same exact area. And there'll be something in the picture and there'll be nothing showing up physically in this world. So I, I do that a lot. I've gotten quite a few pictures just uh, going out in the front and the backyard. And yeah, all the pictures yeah. I send to you were all taken at my properties that I've lived at. I, then, I mean, I have one photo from when we did work in the Tennessee mountains and the Cumberland mountains. But other than that, these are all taken at the house. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at hashtagrenew.com. Okay. What, what do you think that you two have been so lucky, I guess? I never asked for any of this. I just, I didn't. I'm, I'm being honest. I basically, back in 2013, 14, I walked into some woods in Indiana, and that's how it all started. And it, it's been, you know, uh, I'd never trade any of it for the world, but like I said, I never asked for any of it. I was picked, and I know that for a fact. I've had the Bigfoot in my, uh, I was, had the Bigfoot in my whole life. They've been here my whole life. Me, I, they came to me when I was a toddler. So I don't know what it's like to not have them around or not have those experiences. Like Pat, I never looked for it. I've never once went out in the woods to try to find Bigfoot. I'll find him when I was doing the film. I just basically went out to the woods and all this stuff. You know, I saw the portal and all this stuff. And the thing is, is what I question is, would that have, would that all that have happened? If I saw it five years previous, I mean, think about it. I always think about that. But I think for you, it got more so after you and I got together. Oh, yeah, big time. I I think they put us together specifically. (laughs) Bigfoot Dating Service. (laughs) The Bigfoot Dating Service. Brought together by Bigfoot, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because that was how we got together was I was supposed to work with Pat and help him. I was at, I came. This is the first time we met. I pulled up to the oh, house. you got to hear this. You know i got to say this. So I pull up to the house, and I'm in my car, and then I, I, and it was I get out, and it's, it's like dusk, and it's getting dark. I, I get out of the car, and man, the whole world erupts. I'm sitting there, holy shit. What the heck? Comes out and she, and I'll have you explain. Well, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. He came all the way from Indiana to Michigan to see me, and he got back in the car. And I went out there. I said, "What's the matter?" He wouldn't even roll the window down. That's how scared he was. And I said, "What is wrong with you?" And he points to the woods, and the whole woods you can see outlines of them and eye shine and everything else. And he's like, "And I said, okay, it's all right. Get out of the car." And he's like, "I'm not getting out of the car." I said, "Just get out of the car." I finally get him to get out of the car. And I'm like, I'm going to hug you so they can see that you're a friend. <laughs> like, I don't let people, I really, I don't, I didn't date. I wasn't a dater. I never have been. And so they weren't used to strange men coming to the house. And so I'm hugging on him and they eventually calm down and let him come in. But I mean, years before that, we had a, a bad snowstorm and we had problems with our furnace. And I had to call somebody out in the middle of the night to fix the furnace because I didn't want the kids to get cold. And it was really rough. I had to leave my kids in the house with the repairmen and say, keep them busy. I'm going to go outside and try to hold off the problem that's going to happen with them. And I'm out in the woods going, you guys, it's fine. I don't have hair. I need heat, you know. And when he went to leave, they pummeled the back end of his truck with with rocks. So, Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, it has well, thank been. you. Thank you. Thank you. Short notice again, but uh, yes. we appreciate it a lot. Yeah, no problem. And we yeah, we definitely want to talk to you again. Yeah. Oh, definitely.
we're, no we're generally here. All right. <laughs> you guys take care. Then. All right. Oh, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. How uh, cool was it that, that Pat was from South Bend area now? I know. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Not far at all. No. Yeah, right close to where I live right now, as a matter of fact. So that's crazy. Right. Well, he was talking about, what, Bendix Park or something like that? Uh, Bendix Woods. Okay. St. Patrick's Park. Yeah. So it sounds like we should probably go look around there a little bit. So huh? We should be checking that stuff out. Yep. Yeah. Bendix is not far from me, and St. Pat's is not far either. <laughs> Try what are we waiting line. for? I'll be over right now. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, it was good talking to those guys. A lot of different, crazy, weird things going on. But, you know, who knows what's going on out there in the world nowadays, you know? Oh, yeah, man, you never know. That stuff is getting crazy. It is. Plus, I think, you know, we're expanding out into this wilderness a little bit more. We're taking over more of their territory. So right. there's probably bound to be some more encounters. And let's hope to keep talking to these people when they happen. Yes, let's hope let's hope they get a hold of us. Exactly. Do so, people. <laughs> no, That's right. Yeah, you guys reach out to us if you've had an encounter. Feel free to get a hold of us. Uh, or if email. you know anybody that's yep. had an encounter, anything. Yep. Shoot us an email, info at cryptidcreatures.co. And we appreciate you listening and uh, being here for, for the support. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Thank you all. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to give us a rating on whatever platform it is you're listening on and uh you know throw us a comment or two yes definitely please let us know what you think all right my friend let's get out of here until next time yep yep see ya credit card bill.